A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to episode 440 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Jay. And I'm Glenn. How are we doing, fellas? Great, thanks. So uh, nice and fucking chilled out as we roll down towards the summer vacation. But uh, chilled a lot out. of things happen today. Chilled out as much as a champion can be. <laughs> I'm still well, I mean, still like, obviously, nine. well, yeah, obviously, you know, you have to, you, you're dealing with the aftermath and like, you know, trying to, you know, trying to cover up, you know, your, your fucking bad eating mates that you smuggle over the border and stuck in the friends and family section at the ground and, uh, and all that sort of shit. But, um, you know, breaking the trophy and just, just, just cementing yourselves as, as the biggest, the biggest pack of cunts that have won a grand final and I can't fucking remember when. When's the, when's the last time that like I mean like we had you know there was a bit of drinkies you know there was there was a bit of benderism from the you know from the two main suspects last year. I can't remember a lot about. Do you know what it is? Overtly fucking stupid. I remember Dylan Walker dropping his ring in the fucking harbour. That was back you know in, in, in 2014. What did he think it was a woman? Well, no, I didn't say he punched. He didn't punch into the water. He didn't punch it into the water. Um, yeah, look, I think some of it, and yeah, definitely there's, there's been some fucking shocking behavior and, and we went on record talking about, you know, fucking dregs Everything like Ty- Tyrone yeah. May last week. The interesting thing about this grand final that I haven't really seen mentioned yet is that it's, it's in isolation. Like their celebrations have been in isolation. You normally get all of the other Mad Monday stuff that goes with it. But this was the only post-season celebration that anyone had. Like, all the Melbourne Storm people did was have a sad fucking five-person gathering racking up in a hotel room. And Well, this this is the thing. Most of the other ones were all in-house without phones yeah. and, that, and that sort of thing. So they, they were so. just... Because they were in-house in, in COVID-safe bubble hotel areas, Yeah, it actually kept out the, the drones and... <laughs> Yeah, the, shit, the shit that could catch them with their dicks out, you know. So this is what the NRL has learned: put all teams into a like a, a bubble for the last two weeks of the fucking season. Exactly. Yeah. And you know what? These players, I mean, you know, lots of lots of different players grew up playing for the same clubs and all that sort. Of, you know, and juniors and everything together. Throw them all in a fucking resort, and the players can all <laughs> the players can all chill with their boys from the other teams as well. And it's just yeah, you know, it could be. I mean, like, you know, fly on the wall in there would see some shit, I'm sure. But, um, you know, it'd basically be an unvideoed weekend of, like, fucking uh, Dylan Napa WhatsApp. Fucking, like, <laughs> 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 just, you know, just guys punching holes in their anuses and, you know, <laughs> shadow boxing and all that shit. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Instagram Live has a fucking yeah. lot to answer for. 
doesn't work. Yeah, fucking hell. Oh, it, it, I mean, it, it just doesn't. It doesn't even have that split second thing where you can think before you press send. Like, is it a good idea to fucking add this video to my account? That's it. Do, do you when know it's who li- when see... it's live? You're just forgetting it. Like, do you know who should see this face? thing that's a, that's going to go on that I have zero control over because it involves a bunch of other people? You know who should see that? Yeah. Yeah, Fucking the world. everyone. Earth. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the tradition of news coming out the day we record, though, today we had a couple of we had the the uh, absolute confirmation that the new NRL side, the seventeenth team for the competition. Joining in 2023 will be the Redcliffe Dolphins. Yeah, look like they were underdogs at some point. They, they they never campaigned overtly as hard as like some of the other ones. Remember how we had the Brisbane Bombers and they were doing their launch and their campaign. Then then the the the, the fucking the Firehawks and yeah, you know, all these switching. You know, they wanted to throw yeah. their hat and everything. And like they they all had you know. And Redcliffe was kind of like, oh, we'll do it and and just flop their dick out and you know, said like $100 million of <laughs> like, here's our fucking 40,000 leaguesy members like, and our fucking coals that we own and our fucking all the rest yeah, of the shit like stadium <laughs> yeah stadium yeah. leagues club yeah. <laughs> Wayne Bennett yeah. and then yes and then followed up swiftly after with uh, Wayne Bennett will be the coach he's on a three year deal with the uh the Dolphins, and at this stage, it's saying that the I don't think it's one hundred percent confirmed because, like the Vlandis era, they'll sort of you know listen, look at the people on Facebook and see what they say first. But they uh, won't be named Redcliffe, and it'll be just like you know the Dolphins, and they may they may not they may not adopt a location based kind of name. Um, although they're saying that Morton Bay, River City, and Sun State are some of the names that are being put forward. Uh, I also think that they're, they're not their branding, but I think their colours are going to change a little bit. I mean, because they're, yeah, they're red and white, whereas you know the dragons are white and red, and there's probably some similarities there. I heard, and I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it written down uh, in, in any of the, uh, the media yet. So whether it happens or not, I'm not sure. But I heard something that they were looking to add like a gold to their colour as well, and so similar to say like the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, okay. So they'd be like the red and gold and white. So, so, and to differentiate themselves from the dragons, essentially. Um, now, Nathan, I, I just find that maybe you need to do a little bit more research or at least cover all of the potential names thrown out for the dolphins. I'm just looking what other names? A, just looking bit of <laughs> bit of a list here or a poll on news.com. Oh God, a what poll. Okay, the, listen. What should the Dolphins officially be known as? Wait for it. The Dolphins, the Brisbane Dolphins, the South East Queensland Dolphins, the Redcliffe Dolphins, Greater Northern Northern Brisbane Dolphins. That's Brisbane, stupid. Just wait for it. We haven't quite got there. Brisbane right. football Brisbane football team. Or my personal <laughs> favourite, the Brisbane human beings. So what? so that that poll who did that have user did that have like can anyone add items to that poll? Oh, yeah, but no see, idea. Glenn, the last one is funny because it's a reference to the popular television show Community. Yeah, well, I haven't seen yeah. that. So yeah, that maybe it should be the Brisbane Shocking. referential retards. 
Well, well, yeah, why, yeah, not? No, you, why not? You, you didn't have to point that out to us. That's what I was inferring <laughs> by, by telling you. Um, and isn't Brisbane Football Club a shout-out to that American team that were used yeah, to be Washington, racist? Yeah, yeah, Washington Football Team, formerly the Washington Redskins. And, yeah, they had to drop the Redskins situation because, they're obviously, you know, racism. And um, they, <laughs> they've, they've had, a, I mean, you know, I mean, how many fucking decades they've had that, that team name. But they've just realized now, oh, shit, yeah, that might be offensive to that might be offensive to Native Americans. So, if this is a set. They're actually this. The, the season's like what? It's into week five's coming up this weekend. So, no, sorry, week six is coming up this weekend, isn't it? So, so they're they're six weeks into season three, the, the season after. So there's a, se- oh, a whole okay. season, and then they're in another six weeks that they still haven't decided. So it's at this point they may just be the Washington Football Team. And so is that are they in, are they saying that maybe they shouldn't be called the Dolphins because that. Indeed, is also racist against yes. dolphins. Racist, racist no, against sea they're, tr- life. they're trying to be funny. Yeah, that's, I, yeah, I get it, mate. Like, I mean, the only the only way that that, that poll could have been more fucking lame was if one of the one of the options was like Dolphy McDolphin face. <laughs> like, and um, then they would have hit every fucking every touchstone of every poll abuse that's happened over the last five see, years. It, here's the thing: the Brisbane Broncos. What a fucking absolute closed-minded shit-cunt mentality of that whole organisation. Reports are that they don't want to share anything to do with the word Brisbane. Mm. Right? So it, is that even a fucking thing? Like, what, what is it? Are they Are they now fighting for the fucking imaginations of those released from Manus Island <laughs> who turn up, know nothing about rugby league, and, and are worried they might like a dolphin more than a bronco. Anyone that yeah. is going to have anything to do with these fucking clubs understands who the Brisbane Broncos are, mm. understands their legacy, understands their history, laughs at their future. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it's Masturbates like, over their recent past. It, it's not like these new clubs going to come in and people are like, oh, oh you're oh, less, a team in you're Brisbane. less, less Brisbane-y now. <laughs> There, there is less Brisbane about you than there was last season, and therefore, um, I will not support you because you are not the Dolphins. most Brisbane that you could probably be. The Brisbane Dolphins, there's a team in Brisbane. I need to support them because yeah. I'm in Brisbane. When did this <laughs> yeah. happen? But at the same yeah. time, there's, at the same time, there's no reason to not be fucking Redcliffe either. I mean, Penrith is Penrith, Parramatta, Manly, Cronulla. I mean, sure they've they've scaled back some of the 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 suburb names over you know over the decades, like Balmain and yeah, for, as, an, as an example, and they North turn Sydney. them into an abomination. North True, Sydney, it's a, yeah. Well, there, so, there is though, because in Brisbane, Redcliffe has its own connotations, and if you are called the North Brisbane Dolphins, then that widens your. Um, Potential yeah. fan base. So if you if you said the North Brisbane Dolphins, you then capture everyone from, you know, Windsor, which, which is probably the the next northerly suburb from the city and and the inner well, city you, Fortitude think, think, Valley. Think about it. Think about it. Just you know, just from the the river. So you've got like you know the city down the city, then like, the valley, know, Ascot, Hamilton, then back. Yeah. So. Uh, you know that that's it. I think it just captures more if it's North Brisbane rather yeah. than Red. Oh, and I'd, I'd be I'd be happy. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, one North Brisbane Dolphins. Stop being fucking idiots about it, Volandis. Yeah, if you need a fucking explanation, list just listen to the show. We know you yep. do. We know you're a massive yep. fan. 
I North don't Brisbane think so. Dolphins. Sort of. <laughs> but yeah, North Brisbane Dolphins. And uh, I, I believe that they will be actually maintaining their, um, you know, Queensland side as well for the uh, for interest and uh, and all the other and the three the three other grades as well. So and well, they should. Yeah, and so they'll have their you know their own you know direct feeders uh, straight through, which is fantastic, and actually even better than the Brisbane Broncos. They don't have to fucking co-opt another interest club to mm. to feed themselves. Um, yeah, there's a list of uh, here that I've seen of uh, it's not an exhaustive list, but apparently there's 157 NRL players who are going to be coming on off contract next year, and thus they can be started um, negotiations with uh, from November first. Ooh. Names include Cameron Munster. Gone. I think he's an absolute fucking certainty. Agree. Yep. Absolute certainty. Here's, here's one for you though, boys. But, apparently, is a, apparently is a get out clause. Callum Ponga. Stop it. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. I'm, fuck, boys, take a picture. Yep. Fucking write it down. Yeah, gone. Put it on a USB. 100% gone. Upload it to the cloud. I'm telling you right the fuck now. I'll fucking change my I'll change my mind on him if he fucking leaves the Knights and goes to Redcliffe. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Do they do Do they do audio NFTs? Because we've just made one. <laughs> oh, I tell you, and uh, I'm and and I'm gonna the, the price to mint that one. We're gonna we're gonna start it at five ETH. <laughs> so, now, um, Christian Welch, Cody Walker. Anthony Welsh, Milford, Clint Gutherson, and Reed Marnie. Hang on, Clint Gutherson. Yeah. Clint Gutherson. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, Munster's gone, and he'll be gone because Melbourne won't won't offer him. Yeah. Like, they, they will lowball him. Uh, so he'll go. Welsh, I don't think, will go. I think he, he'll stand by, by the storm. I don't know that Welsh is the same player at any other club anyway, to be honest. Yeah, maybe. Mm. Um, Yeah, Ponga probably. Who else did you say? Uh, Cody Walker. Walker. I reckon he'd follow Wayne. Yeah, I agree. And given that Souths are probably in this uh, window closed era now. Mm. Yeah. Look, Reynolds is a big loss. I don't think it's as firmly shut as, as you might be implying, but... Well, it's I, Redfern, I think that, it's probably boarded up. Jesus Christ. When was the last time you were in Redfern? You can't fucking get dinner in there for less than $80 a head. <laughs> yeah, in some parts of Redfern, I, I agree. Yeah, exactly. There's others. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I'd, he'd follow Wayne. Um, yeah, I think so. I think Milford wants to, but... Yeah. But Imagine still- Wayne. Well, I mean, yeah, Wayne sort of got him down to the rabbits, but I mean, yeah, Benny when Bolt, he's leaving, Bolt, when he's leaving, I wonder. <laughs> I, I, I mean, look, his best football took place under Wayne. Wasn't the yeah. same after Wayne left, but so, yeah, but so did his worst football. Has he got a one year deal at South? Well, no, his worst football clearly <laughs> occurred yeah, under, under Seabold and Kevy. I mean, take yeah, pick true. which one. Yeah. Uh, has he got um, a one year deal at South? Must be, yeah. So does he uh, even could- have a deal though? Any word on him after he allegedly belted his misses and that went really quite really quickly, yeah. didn't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it'll play out when whenever the courts have have to have to look at it. That's um, it. Gutherson and Reed Marnie. So Gutho, no. Reed Marnie'd be a handy get though. Fuck, he would be. Hey, and that's that's not a terrible spine. 
Munster, Walker. Ponga. Ponga. Marnie. Who plays yeah. seven? Oh, take your pick. Essentially got fucking Walker. two fullbacks and three five-eights. Does, <laughs> In one does time. A, does have a... Uh, Look, you, you would you would call that spine Alex McKinnon because it does have the potential to snap. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, we've seen some great Origin teams built on <laughs> built around spines <laughs> with players thrown around into various positions. So, yeah. Now, um, I don't know if there's anything else, what else to talk about the 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 round the sorry the the competition will extend into a twenty six round comp. As uh, as the, the Dolphins enter the, the the comp, each team will play twenty four games, and uh, they'll increase the regular number re- regular season games to two hundred and four from the current one hundred ninety two. Each team gets two buys. So mm. look, you know what the the only negative question I have about this whole thing is uh, magic round. One team is going to miss out on all the magic of Magic Round, or their fan base will the be West able Tigers. to. Uh, well, their fan base will be able <laughs> Hang to on go. A sec. Magic Why Round's would... the only time we fucking play well. Why would you yeah, take, it, take that away from us? Exactly, but if there's one fan base that deserves to have even the one small bit of joy they get in the year ripped away from them, surely it's those guys. Why? <laughs> As if you think, you, fucking you, think enough. You, you think you deserve any happiness? Me personally or my club? Like, <laughs> it's you a dumb, very loaded you, question. You dumb fuck should have given life your safe word ages ago. <laughs> Anything you get now is your own fault. <laughs> yeah, safe word is Scott Prince. <laughs> now, um, what do you think that maybe the first, uh, the first nine rounds of the season or whatever it is before Magic Round – is like almost a mini comp within a comp where the object is to not be in the last position going into magic round because the team that's coming last has a bye <laughs> and the yeah, fans don't get to enjoy watching them play a magic round. Yeah, so it just adds, adds a bit more spice to proceedings. Um, now, boys, can I table something for discussion? Yes. I would like our official stance on giving shit to people who change teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, my thoughts would be that there is an amnesty for for jumping onto the Dolphins that if you would like to then you are free to do so but um, there's no jumping back without suck. without merciless fucking ridicule and loss of all credibility yeah, look, I I feel that we've been pretty pretty uh, clear in in the the second team rulings, and I thought that there was always a provision in our in our stance to say if you live in a city and you know and, and you don't have a team in that city and then a team emerges mm-hmm. through expansion, then you know you can jump on to that team no problem at all. I mean, it happened when you know on a, on a large scale when the Broncos entered the competition. I'm sure. Yep. Um. Didn't happen when the Titans came in. Of course, people just basically stayed with whoever they were going for already. But, um, There's a couple of fucking desperates that decided that they were going to be Titans fans, but yeah. you know, fuck those guys. Yeah. So, so yeah. Look, you know, that's that's totally fine. Also, I think there's a, a a massive amnesty in place for Broncos fans who want to jump over onto a new side if they've had enough. 
mm. by all means do it. Off and look, two years of not making the finals. Look, I know for a fact that there are people in Brisbane that were Broncos supporters up until 1996 and after Super League fucking wiped them and only watch Origin and have been waiting for another fucking team to come in. Are you, are you just talking about your dad? Well, no, he's dead, so fucking... Yeah, he can't fucking support any team. So it would have to be... I'd have to be talking about other people as well. (laughs) I'm sorry I didn't fucking tell you the news, did I? (laughs) No. No, you fucking didn't. Yeah, well, I so, thought uh, I was yeah. the only one out of the loop, but now I see no. Jay's face. And uh, no, what day is it today? <sighs> Wednesday. So when was it? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks ago. <laughs> seven weeks ago, yesterday, oh, fellas. God. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> not okay. exactly the way how, I felt how, like breaking that news, but <laughs> how, how is it that it's only just come up? <laughs> I know, right? I'm fucking Captain Compartmentalization. Record a show on a Sunday night, record a show on a Wednesday night. That happens in between. No one fucking knows. Oh, I'm we, lo- fucking, we love you, man. We I'm, love you. It's all good. I'm fucking shocked. I'm shaken. <laughs> I, can see, I, can see, I can see your... <laughs> Told you it's been a rough year. <laughs> Listeners. <laughs> oh. Look, Gladdy, Gladdy's actually fucking... You right, mate? Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. It wasn't your dad, mate. It was mine. No, no. He he's fucking died a long time ago, so he's, he can't die again. <laughs> Although, last round of this season, I think he, I think he probably did die again, if I'm honest. <laughs> he, re- he, re- he literally reanimated from the dead so he could kill himself over that dying performance. Yeah. That's it. And that's how the Red Cliff Dolphins came, came to be known. Because <laughs> my old man came back to life in Redcliffe and gave himself a dolphin conversion so he never had to deal with that shit again. <laughs> that's fucking great. Oh, oh fuck look at that. Me. You fucking callbacks to fucking past things. Oh, tremendous. I love your work, Lenny. Um, now, did we talk enough about Wayne Bennett? We said it was a three-year deal, right? Um, yeah. I don't think he actually has... I don't think he's put pen to paper yet, but it's happening in the, the coming days. Three-year guaranteed deal, potential option for a fourth year. And uh, it's going to be announced this week, and then he will start at the Dolphins from the 1st of November. And uh, they're saying that the deal was inked or, or brokered by Sam Ayub, and there are concerns at Parramatta who are trying to currently retain three of his clients in Clint Gutherson, Reed Marnie, and Junior Paulo. It's okay, Para fans. I'm pretty sure Gutho's safe. <laughs> can, can, um, can, I, can I just stop and say that that was still a better reveal than Josh Reynolds? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Um, Skeletons. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, still, fuck. Still the best fucking um, line that never was. Yeah, fucking hell. <laughs> um, that, look, that might be 
drawing a bit of a long bow. Didn't you say there were 157 players off contract um, next Yeah, next 157 year? players uh, off contract for the 2023. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sure that any of those mentioned are cornerstone pieces of your franchise. If, if I say to you guys, you've got the keys to the Dolphins and you are and you are building around it and you can pick any, not even the 157 that are off, any player in the, the NRL at the moment, you're starting with a Cleary. You're starting with a Tommy, you know? Yeah, for, but, they're, for, but they're both locked up, so... No, 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 but I'm uh, saying... You know. But to get rid of the bulk of your salary cap... Yeah. You know, Clint Gutherson wants a million bucks a year. Yeah, well, look, look at this. If they if they're getting Ponga, they're not going to worry about Guthrie, right? That's it. But again, yeah. even if even if we're not just talking those, well, yeah, okay, I, I take Ponga for for seven fifty or whatever he's on, or even even a mil over Guthrie. Oh yeah, fuck yeah. You know? um, but again, do you want to blow a million bucks of your salary cap on that player? Yeah, I think you're safe, Eels fans. I think you are safe. Safe as houses. But does that mean... But when you're talking about... There, would you, talking would you give it to Munster, Sorry? Would you give it to yeah. Munster? Well, as the incumbent Queensland six, you, you probably would. Again, if you want a cornerstone piece. Now, mm. we all know Munster's a bit of a loose unit yeah. and has a brain snap in him. But, okay, you, you've won multiple premierships. You've won Origin. You've played for your country. You know, you, mm. you've succeeded in the toughest arenas the sport has to offer in a role with the, some of the most pressure in it on the field. You've also tasted defeat in those arenas. Um, yeah. If I'm has a, a, has friend, a good relationship with the coach as well. If, mm. if I'm a new franchise, especially being a Queensland player that's done all that, yeah, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah, I get him. And I what think, you, the, you know, the, the million-dollar player... You know what that means has been cheapened by several players being paid a million dollars that should never be in that <laughs> fucking category. Yeah. We're going to talk about one of those next too, actually. Yeah, it's the next story I got lined up here. But it's just to, just to, just to what you said about cornerstone players for the, for a new team. Let me let me just remind you that the the fucking the Gold Coast Titans ended the competition on the back of what was Luke it, Preston Bailey. Campbell and Luke Bailey. And, yeah. like Coke, and Scott the, Prince. And Scott, Scott on the Coke Zeros. Yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, I don't I don't think those names Although, that mentioned are too far out of the fucking realm of... Oh, Presto. The, when when the Titans came in, what I remember from that time was that the, the joke was that already they were a retirement home. That yeah. everyone that went there used to be great. Yeah. But when they went to the Titans, they were they were just past it. Um, maybe some nostalgia factor. I don't think Cam Munster's past it. No, fuck no. You know, Caelan Pong is obviously not. No. Um, well, Reed Marnie's only just the start of a, at the start of a, a, a promising yeah, career as well. That's so it. That, that, remember, you know, was almost delivered in, you know, state of origin. Do, do they almost, mm. do they only get the 157 or are they going to get special dispensation to go after contracted players? You know, you know how it is. I mean, like players agitate for release and get releases and things happen and you know and I'm sure that it'll be no different with unless you Ben Simmons bitch well, well yeah exactly fucking pay the fine you bitch 
you coward ass little bitch. Um, speaking Man, I, of, uh, I tell you cowards. what, I, I was listening. I was listening to one of the Ringer NBA podcasts today, and they read an article from a Philadelphia newspaper. And fuck me, you talk about like insular media and echo chambers and that sort of shit. The article starts off with the, the sentence: "The only thing Ben Simmons is more afraid of than shooting." He's losing money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Fuck that guy. Ash Taylor. Glennie was looking forward to to a a full year of uh, catching up with Ash Taylor down at the the fucking Maccas at Toowoomba there, getting his uh, his delicious fucking barista-made coffees. (laughs) But no. (laughs) No, Ash Taylor has uh, signed a uh, train and trial contract with the Warriors for 2022. There's an option there at the end with uh, in the club's favour. And uh, so he's gone from a million-dollar deal, which expires in November, the one you have with the Titans there, and uh, he has a chance of a one-year contract with the Vodafone Warriors after signing a train and trial deal with a club top 30 option for 2022. So uh, he's going to join them when they start their 2022 season, uh, their preseason at Redcliffe. And uh, Peter O'Sullivan, the Warriors recruitment manager, says that Ash has backed himself to recapture his best form with the chance of a one-year contract with us. He has some very achievable targets set for him and is looking forward to joining the squad next month. And uh, Nathan Brown, for his part, is confident that Taylor will make the most of his opportunity. Won't, yeah. won't go past December. You reckon? Nah. Why not? He would have to fucking blow the absolute lid off their fucking preseason training camp. They've got Sean Johnson going back there. Who's who's you know, injury prone and had a and have had a mostly cooked and season. Harris Harris Tavita is gonna play six. Yeah. I, Who I else is there? See. I don't. Walsh, and, Walsh is there? Are they keeping him at one? I reckon we're going to. I don't think his best position is one, but I think that they'll keep him at one. Yeah, yeah. So and with that being also, said, they're they're also banking on Ash Taylor to put in months of <laughs> high level, high intensity training to get himself back into the shape that's required to re- rediscover his best form. I, I don't see it happening. Do you think that the potential uh, life-changing scare that a salary of $1 million being reduced to a salary of $0 entails may, may provide him the motivation he needs? <laughs> I, I, look, you, you would hope it would. I think that's On a face value, of- does, it, does he strike as the type of guy to put that effort in? I think that Ash Taylor... You know what? Given he that he hasn't really strike. been, he hasn't really been involved in any fuckery. He was just a yeah. kid that got offered a ton of money to switch clubs and took it. I think that I, I could, I could back him for a redemption story and coming back the hard way. Yep. And Look, uh, I, I reckon it's at him. a club like the Warriors, where I think there's opportunity for him if he can play well in the preseason and do what he yeah. needs to. do. I think the potential might be a bit overstated in terms of the opportunity. I think he, it sounds like he has been bought exclusively as cover for mm-hmm. a half, i.e. Mm-hmm. Sean Johnson, going down for an extended period of time. I, I yep. think that, that that is why he's there. 
no more, no less. For Ash Taylor, you, you're right, mate. All he ever did was was want to play footy, get offered shit tons of money and take it. Yep. Now, if you think in this situation, put him in any other club. Put him in Put him in Manly, right? Let, let's mm-hmm. say Cherry fucked off to the Titans. Yep. And he ended up at Manly. And he got to have a couple of seasons under Dez and then you know, the tail end of, of that crew and and now would be playing in a team with the stars that it's got now. Yeah. I think we'd be speaking about Ash Taylor very, very differently. So I think he's got it in him. Um, I'm not sure the Warriors just on their own are, are the place to make it happen. Yeah. As in you you would suggest that the Roosters or, or say the Storm just by virtue of who's around you Nathan, would, Nathan make, Brown, would make it to, happen. To use your analogy, Nathan Brown ain't Des Hasler. No, he's not. Um, but you, you would hope that he takes the opportunity. That's what you do. Because he seems to me like a solid individual contributor. I think where clubs fall down, or yeah, clubs, the, the Titans fell down, was trying to make him a leader. And it's fucking tough to do, to play in the halves and not be a leader of the club. But I, yeah. I think they, they put too much pressure on him to carry the club and be the face of the club far too early. Like, look, who's in that class? Like, he was rookie of the year that year, yeah. mm, you yeah. know? Um, you know, obvious thing for, for for this year's Twilly's rookie of the year winner, whoever it is, um, they'll obviously go on to, to fizzle out just like Ash Taylor did. Um, but it, Nathan Cleary was runner-up. And it took him, what, from his rookie year, another three or four? Like, to really start to look like the caliber of player that he is now. And that's in a system where Gus Gould was involved and and really had everything humming. Mm. Yeah. Right, so, you sold me. Ash Taylor redemption story. Yeah, don't be a hater. That's yeah, rich, Glenn's that's rich fucking, coming from you, cunts. <laughs> and now, and, and the, the, thing so about, the thing about Taylor's release there from the Gold Coast Titans is... Despite having two seasons to go on his contract, Jamal Fogarty is likely to be released. So well, he's released so he could join the Raiders. Yeah, good get for them. It's a fucking it's it's a good get for Canberra who who have struggled with the the halfback position. You know, with the disgruntled George Williams. Mm. But the Titans, though. Fuck me, they're going all in on on uh, on Sexton. Yeah, they are. And look, he looked he he looked he looked decent in the couple of opportunities they gave him, but they didn't close out the year with him for their run to the finals or anything. I mean, he got no. a couple he got a couple of games in there towards the end of the season, and he looked okay, kicked well, but he wasn't he wasn't their yeah you know, their first choice halfback, and it didn't look like he was quite that level. But they're fucking all in now. But they've let Peachy Fogarty and Taylor. Or go, yes. Which means Brimson has to go to the halves. Now. Has to. They have to. They have to have Campbell now at one. And, uh, he has to. He's going to be starting yep. at one. Yep. Yep. So Brimson to five eight. I, I think he has Although, to be in, and, and then that means that that means that, that Sexton gets first shot at seven. Uh, yeah. How long's Pe- how long's Peach been at the the Titans? Two years. Two or three. Yeah. <clears throat> there you go. See that that's what happens. You. You let Tyrone Peachy go two years later, premiership. 
Yeah, the, 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 the other thing that I find, I've seen Titans fans kind of rationalizing and, and you know, blah, blah, Sexton's the future. Okay, whatever. But just from a straight business perspective, there was talk there that the Raiders, the Raiders wanted Fogarty bad and the Titans were like, under no circumstances, we were, going, we we're going to release him. He's got two years left on his contract, blah, blah, blah. Yep. So Raiders were going to sweeten the deal and say, how about we give you a swap for Josh Hodgson? A player oh. in a position that the Titans have never had a fucking yeah, true. good player in for years. That's yeah. the one piece that they've needed for years. Although based on his 2021, like he, he's obviously an upgrade from Mitch Rain. Yeah, but like just I just I just think he's a you know, a disgruntled pom in a club where there was a lot of disgruntled poms and you had you know you had Bateman last year and then you had Williams this year. He's certainly think, not bad enough for the Titans no. to go. No, fuck, don't worry about that. We'll just yeah, release so, Fogarty. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think that uh, I think that what they, you know, that that he's a definite upgrade, and I think that they might have been able to get something out of him with a change of scenery out from under Ricky Stewart. Well, the, because remember, he was the, also the he had the shits because with, of the tarpany stuff. You know, he just had the shits because yeah. of the camera raiders, really. But with, with disgruntled palms, a good idea is to get them in the place in Australia that he's the furthest from England as you can possibly imagine, which which is the Gold Coast. Yeah. You know, sunshine, mean, beaches, and attractive people. Yeah, exactly. Cold beers. You can sell him on the, on the life of an actual human being and not a fucking cave <laughs> troll from up in the fucking snowy north. That's it. <laughs> and uh, shout out to our listeners over there in uh, merry old England. Shout out to no one, you fucking Brexit merchants. Can't the lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, speaking of England, um, you see the that uh, Jimmy Maloney fell short in the uh, the grand final uh, over there in England. They lost twelve ten to uh, St Helens. And um, the one thing though, out of this game, I take the game out of the table. Lockie Coote is amassing for himself like a sneaky fucking decent career. Yeah, fucking earth. Over the last, you know, he's got his premiership over here with the cows. Yep. He's he's on a three-peat now of premierships in England. They've won three in a row there. Yep. He's had a fucking I mean he's yeah, he's won nines. He's he's had he's he's uh, amassing for himself one of these sneaky fucking great careers. He look, I don't want to say he was cut short here, but but I think he was hardly done by the cows. I think oh, he, he had a lot of fucking NRL level football left. Yeah, he he wasn't cooked by by any stretch of the imagination. Look, there's players, the players that have definitely been playing in the NRL, obviously far longer than they should have, that have still gone to England and and not have been as successful as as Lachlan Coote, who, as you say, could have contributed quite solidly to to any number of teams in the NRL. Yeah, that's it. Um, I always love watching Lockie Coop play. It's fucking oh, it's fantastic. Heart. Massive heart. Yeah. Massive heart. Now, uh, the last story I want to talk about, and uh, look, I don't know how much of a story this really even is, but um, <clears throat> the uh, NRL has revealed their intention to cash in on the explosion of legalized sports betting in the US, which experts predict could result in an increase of more than 50% of the code's current wagering income within the next five years. 
So saying domestic sports wagering has become an increasingly lucrative event revenue raiser for the game, particularly during lockdown. It brought in $16 million in 2017, but that figure's grown to $40 million during the past league financial year. So the NRL thinks there's even more upside if they can tap into the market in the US. Uh, sports betting has long been illegal anywhere but in the state of Nevada, but now other US states are legalizing it to turn billions of dollars in black market bets into taxable income. So the uh, director of the ARLC, Gary Weiss, has been tasked with de- developing wagering products for the American market with an avu- a view to enticing overseas punters to gamble on the NRL. It's actually a fucking hilarious economic situation at the moment in America. Um, so all of these like uber conservative states mm-hmm. with uber fucking, you know, Republican governors who believe in fucking the Bible and, you know, if, if you're raped, you better not have an abortion because God mm-hmm. made that man rape you. That That's God's baby you're killing. They're looking um, at the forecast of revenue generated from legalized gambling. Well, post-COVID, right? So post-COVID, um, America is a very state-based economy. So they have very different taxes depending mm. on what state you live in, income taxes, business taxes, you know, everything. There's a national tax code and state-based ones. Um, I understand this is fucking thrilling listening for a sports podcast. But <laughs> so COVID has smashed a lot of those taxes. So whereas here in Australia, um, the government here, state government here in Queensland, they'll get stamp duty. Mm-hmm. They'll get, uh, you know, your, your local governments will get your rates. Uh, but the the main source of income is through distribution of the GST, which is a, a federal tax. Over there, it hurts the states directly. Now, the laws are also very heavily state-based. And so all of these uber-conservative states who for the longest times have had these fucking moral standings of we don't like sex, we don't like drugs, we don't like rock and roll, we don't like partying, they're now starting to legalise sports betting, prostitution and marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, everyone's got fucking morals until the money's on the line. Yep. And and there's an easy buck. So, um, look, it's legitimately a thing. I don't think, like, there's a lot of issues with sports betting in America. I don't think lack of selection is one of them. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And especially (laughs) since, you know, at the moment, if this was 20 years ago, and sports betting became legal in America, there, there would be something for it. But there's this wonderful thing called the internet and smartphones and applications and VPNs where you can do all sorts of things to actually gamble at the moment in America. Yes. So, yeah, look, you you might get some fucking degenerate. Like I know growing up that there were people who listen to this show, that it'd be awake in their room at 3am betting on fucking Ecuadorian handball. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, no, I, I don't think it's going to be a massive revenue raiser. Yeah, the time for this shit was 18 months ago when we were the only game in town. Yes. But they, then, it, see, it wasn't legal then. Yeah, yeah. However, they still could have captured the, you know, any of the places and offshore places that people do bet through in the United States. Anyway, because, I mean, they're acting, they're acting like, you know, this illegality on paper actually stop people from betting yeah. on shit anywhere. 
That's yeah. it. <laughs> like, I mean, it's, it's just not the case. You know what's spookier than seeing a black cat on Halloween? It's shaving your balls with anything other than Manscaped. When it comes to below-the-waist grooming, there's no need to carve your pumpkins this Halloween because Manscaped is here to upgrade your grooming experience. Go from a bite-sized candy bar, Glennie, <laughs> to a king-sized candy bar and join the 2 million men worldwide by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code TWILLNATION. I suggest everyone do exactly what I've been doing. And at Halloween, you stand at your front door and you wait for the kids to come and knock and to trick or treat. And then the minute you open the door, you take out your Manscaped 4.0, pretend to shave your neck, then pretend to cut yourself and then spray the pre-prepared little packet of tomato sauce you ripped off from 7-Eleven all over the kids while screaming at the top of your lungs. They'll think that you've necked your fucking artery, but you know that with Manscaped's patented technology keeps your skin super safe and close to nick-proof. Scare them the safe way. That sounds like you'd end up on a watch list of some description. <laughs> On your neck. I'm not saying pretend to shave your scrot and then spray them with sauce. <laughs> oh, now look, my ask at Horn Houses, it's pretty scary down there. Uh, until I found the lawnmower 4.0, and uh, I took to it, and I was, I was fairly merciless, if I'm honest. Um, I'm a little disappointed because I no longer have a werewolf. To, uh, I'm gonna have to go and buy a costume rather than just stripping off my gear and going as a pretty ordinary fucking werewolf, if I'm honest. But, uh, now I'm smooth as a baby's bottom and, uh, it's no good for Halloween, but, uh, it's good for the sexy times. So, can't complain. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code TWILLNATION at manscaped.com. That is 20% off plus free shipping with the code TWILLNATION at manscaped.com. Say trick or treat to your beautiful new Halloweeny with Manscaped. Mailbag time. And the first question we have is... Uh, from Ross, he said, given the Dolphins are favourites for the second Brizzy team, and since confirmed, probably since he made the post, do you think there may be an issue with rusted-on league supporters of other Queensland Cup teams not following them? Originally, West Newcastle wanted the NRL licence, but Newcastle Rugby League, rightly because of West dominance, decided a lot of Newcastle people would not be behind them and went with a new club. A good decision at the time. After they got into trouble financially, people accepted that West were the best to get them out of it. Look, there may, there, there may be an element of that, but there's also a huge element of people who don't follow the Intrust Super Cup, are disgruntled with the Brisbane Broncos and wanting to find, you know, make a break to a new team, or, or people that refuse to follow the Brisbane Broncos and have been waiting for the introduction of a new team. So um, 
Well, I like I, I agree with everything you say. I like, well, I, are there are there people of you know supporters of other Queensland Cup teams? Not for, I've I've seen plenty from Wynnum people. Yeah. Um. Well, Wynnum people, of course, who don't actually follow, who wouldn't follow them anyway because they support Penrith. But <laughs> you know, <laughs> I I think the issue with your question there is that people who are so staunch a fan of rugby league that they would put themselves through watching a QRL match are not the target for for the new expansion team. Like the the QRL, everything it stands for, being associated with Queensland Rugby League, it's absolute fucking you know, horrendous corruption. You know, the the blight that Queensland Rugby League is on the game. Um, people that are fans of that probably aren't intelligent enough for, for the Dolphins to want them on board. Um, but no, seriously, if if you're that rusted on, they're not expecting you. And mm. I think it would be, be silly of them to include you in their forecasts. They want, you know, again, the, the family whose kids might play footy and who would have been Broncos fans but live on the north side of Brisbane mm-hmm. or who live on the Sunshine Coast and don't have yeah, Brisbane because that and is, don't have the Gold Coast. Because that is something that I didn't mention earlier as well, that um, they'll, while they'll be playing, you know, not as many games as Red, at Redcliffe as I would like, with a lot of games being played at Suncorp, they're also actually having um, games up at the Sunny Coast Stadium as well. Yep. So, so not only are they sort of laying claim to the North Brisbane side of things, but they're also actively taking themselves out to the Sunshine Coast as well, which is great, which is a fucking great idea. And and that's the thing. Like that that's how it starts holistically. Yeah. Like little kids, they go to visit fucking grandma and grandpa and they're, you know, one one's a dragon supporter and one's a fucking Balmain supporter. And they they go and visit fucking the Balmain supporter's grave because they necked themselves after nineteen eighty nine. Um then grandpa takes them out to, to watch a footy game. And the local one, there's a team playing up close. We'll go to the Sunny Coast Stadium because we've fucking retired at Kiwana or wherever it is. We'll go and watch a footy game. They get them there. They get them the fucking hat and the flag and the T-shirt and they have a fucking grand old time at, at the ground. That That's how it starts. The Dolphins yeah. smash the Tigers and yeah. uh, the kids oh, have got a new love. That's it. Granddad, granddad goes home, takes two Viagra and hate wanks. Tynan says, "Oh, here we go. This is this Tynan says, which was better, the Godfather or Goodfellas?" Godfather. Look, you, you ask, you ask an extra Godfather question. Godfather two. Would, Godfather two yeah. is better than Goodfellas. Goodfellas is yeah. better than Godfather one. Yeah, I'm probably inclined to agree with you because I mean, certainly in the power rankings of Godfathers, Godfather Two is the better. Yes. Fuck man, it's 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 tough though. I think I I I have to say that Godfather Two is probably a better movie. Godfather Two but, is a better movie. Yeah, but you know, like then it comes down to which which would be my favorite if I was playing off, you know, the three of them because we've we've introduced Godfather Two to the equation. Yeah, Goodfellas is up there. I do enjoy watching Goodfellas. Yeah. Um, fuck yeah. But yeah, like you know, uh, yeah, it's obviously you know a subjective sort of feel in terms of entertainment. But yeah, I, th- I think probably Godfather Two is probably the best. Have you seen movie. Goodfellas, Clint? Yeah. 
many, many moons ago, but I have seen it. And all the Godfathers. So, fuck all you haters. Yeah. Have, have, you seen, have you seen yeah. three? Yes. Oh, well, then my status as hater is fucking justified. You're a terrible person. You should be ashamed of yourself. Look, I spend fucking far too many hours per week associating with you, so I agree. I am a terrible person. Okay, uh, Liam says, as a stern manly supporter that resides on the sunny coast that doesn't believe in second teams, if I barrack for the Dolphins against uh, only against everyone else, no merchandise or public displays of affection, would I be a hypocrite? Oh. Man. A fan of rugby league. Yeah, you just fan, you're, you're a fan of rugby league. I mean, look at the end of the day. Whilst I am a staunch anti second team person, I do consider, in a way, that hashtag fuck the Broncos is almost a team in terms of my devotion to the cause. And so, <laughs> so look, you know, if you know if, if that make if that makes me a hypocrite, then your, then, your yeah, stance you is softening. You're like Al- <laughs> you're like Al Qaeda the second time round. <laughs> yeah, look, yeah, you know, I, I want to I want to see the Dolphins do well against everyone except for my team for sure. Uh, um, look, because I, because I'm because I'm also not only my team fuck the Broncos, I'm also team rugby league, and I want to set the seventeenth team to be extremely successful because I want an eighteenth team in there pretty shortly fucking after so to get rid of these goddamn buys. Yeah, that's it. so. Or kicks ass out. I don't care. Either, you know, equalise the competition somehow. I don't mind how. As long as you don't bring North in, I'm happy. And I think when we talk about second teams, we're talking about, like, emotional investment and support. Yeah, and we're talking about, like, you know, a person wearing a Broncos jersey to a game and a Cowboys hat. Yeah. Or vice versa. Or, or, worst of all, the fucking, fucking. the the absolute hybrid fucking menace that wears (sighs) one of those half and half jerseys. Fuck. That's, they're the absolute lowest of the low. It's like, it's like them on the bottom rung, Dennis Ferguson slightly above them. Do you, do you remember Mr. Wars at the the inaugural magic round? I do, I do. That's what, that's what I was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Like, seriously, cunt, what the fuck? Like, how yeah. can you fucking live with yourself? <laughs> it was fucking great. I don't remember what the guy's explanation was, but I think it satisfied him. I it, it was something. It was something like you know, you know I don't know. My like, dad died seven weeks ago, and he supported one team, and I supported this other <laughs> fucking team. So I was like, yeah, in no. honor of my fallen father, I fucking stitched the two together. No, 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 no. <laughs> like you're right. It was a, it was like a fair or it was like oh I don't I don't have one, but like you know one. One kid played juniors for Brisbane, and one kid played juniors for the Cowboys. So, you know, something it was something like that. Um, I forgot. I forgot how. To, I, to I, I forgot what happened in that exchange wars. because it was yeah. it was literally two minutes later that the fucking cop came and tried to evict him for having the the Legionnaire hat that, that had cunt written on it. Yeah, that's it. Well, it happened directly after that. So, <laughs> yeah. fuck. I um, feel sorry for that guy's wife, the copper. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine living with that every day? Yeah. Oh God! Yeah, yeah, no um, happy existence. Um, Scott said, "Will a second buy be good for the game? Given the PVL meta is here to stay, preferences on when you'd like your second buy: pre-origin or post? You want to post if you're a good team. Yeah, like you, you want to, you want to post, or you want them you want them during, so you're not playing in the games where your guys are playing Origin." Where they yeah, withdrawn from your side, you know. Oh fucking! Here, here we go again. There's the fucking thing for next year. Oh, these teams got their buys here, and this is an advantage, mm-hmm. or is it this? Fuck yep. me. 
Yeah, yeah. You know what? This shit's going to happen until we have a a system where the the broadcast companies don't get to determine the draw and who plays when. Yeah. It's still one of my biggest fucking bugbears about how you get some teams that will, you know, play each other three weeks apart and other teams they'll play round one and round 20. Yeah, well, the thing with the draw is, I mean, the draw, the draw is just uh, you know dumped into a dumped into an algorithm that they use in a number of sports worldwide, and it spits out the actual fixtures in terms of who plays each week, and then it goes to the TV, and it's like you know Fox in there part of the deal, they get to pick the yeah Channel Nine gets the you know what first and second picks or whatever, and then then yeah and so and so forth. Well, um, so why is it then again? Like, tell me, last last year Penrith played Parramatta like in round one and round four, and then not again yeah. for the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah, that same as Manly, like in like four and eight or something like that. Yeah, Manly played the, the Warriors like in about twice in about the first six weeks, I think, as yeah. well. Yeah, um, I guess that's you know Fuck the, you, algorithm. The, the system. Yeah, the system. The algorithm takes in all the variables and it spits out what it does. And and I'm sure that what it spits out isn't the only. You know, there's there's a million ways that these games could be aligned, and I guess they've just got to go through and just you know, see which one kind of looks the most, you know, spread out, I suppose. And you, you probably just, you, you're going to get situations where you do have, you know, teams playing each other uncomfortably close. Fair but, cool. uh, no, here we go. <laughs> Speaking of Penrith supporters that also support Wynnum, Chris said, considering dolphins are known pack rapists and baby killers, has a mascot suited an area more than the dolphin suits Redcliffe? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and Dan well, replied to him and said, "Here, here! I'm sick of people talking about them like they're the Gandhis of the sea." <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh man! Did you get that thing I sent you the other day on false orcas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell you what, that like they're cool talk- though. Yeah, but again, talk about fucking sadistic pricks. Yeah, but they're only sadistic to like the animal kingdom. I mean, they're cool with humans. They're actually friendly with humans. Well, yeah, they they know fucking they know the score. Yeah, you know, if if you if you me and Glenn were in the ocean and there were a bunch of cunts with harpoons, we'd be super nice to them and cunts to everyone else. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> but um, but yeah, look, look, I'm I'm here. I'm here for a fucking. Yeah, a, a dolphin adjacent creature <laughs> that will come up. And, you know, if I'm drowning, it'll fucking you know surf me into the shore or whatever. But at the same time, if it looks like I'm bored, it'll just, it'll just start fucking ping ponging a seal around in the air like, for my amusement. I mean, yeah, but see, you didn't you didn't do the other thing. They rape dolphins. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, look, honestly, they've got it coming, haven't they? And and because they're false orcas, and they're so they're. People think they're a whale. Yeah, yeah. But then they're not really, but they think they're a whale. Those bastard offspring have the best name in the animal kingdom. Wolfens. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and look and, and look, I'm 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 here for I'm here for the Wolfen takeover. Yeah. Perhaps that should be the name of the seventeenth side, the Wolfens. <laughs> Oh dear and, lord. And, and then and then they've and then they've got to un, then they've got to unpack that for people. people go, oh no, that's a terrible name. <laughs> Look, their logo could not be worse than what the West Tigers paid for. 
That's <laughs> true. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, they could get the same graphic designer to do the do their logo, and it would just look like a fucking like a dolphin without a dorsal fin and, and, and all that shit. Just, I mean, if you're gonna take the claws of the tiger, you're just gonna take the fins off the just fucking. Look, just look like a well, great dick. I, I did love though the way they describe what they look like. Great dick torpedo. The, the, the way they describe what they look like is they they look like somebody tried to draw a dolphin completely from memory. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, fucking modern day as we are at at, kind, at kindergarten. Um, <laughs> now, uh, uh, Scott said thoughts on the dolphins being called just the dolphins, uh, as as in uh, you know without a, a, a location attached to them. I think we covered that off earlier, pretty much, Scott. But uh, if you need to go, you know, to revisit it, well, we were agreed probably what we would we would say North Brisbane Dolphins would be our preference if we're That's it. putting a putting a location in there. Yeah, hundred percent. And and it may still and it may still happen as well. I mean, the, from what I read, it sounds like there will be a an informal sort of you know Volandi style test the outrage and see what people are saying and you know make a decision from there. Yeah. Um, all right, and then well. Um, for Dan, here we go. Ah, yeah. Talking about myself, uh, I wanted to withhold my opinion on new rules, etc., until the year was over and there was a decent sample size. The time has come. Yay from it's a yay from me. Close games in the final showed blowouts weren't necessarily the rules, and probably just a lot to do with how far off the pace some teams are. Um, Scott replied to him and said, uh, to add to the off the pace thing, I think it's more about coaching and structures that are more adaptable to quick changes to the meta. A lot of teams have structured their contracts in 2018, 2019 meta before COVID hit. It can't be understated how quickly the rules changed and there was no testing or tweaking, no consideration for the lower leagues, which also had to change quickly. Junior clubs need to adapt quickly, etc. For one, think about how many kids in their formative years playing half would have been coached in old NRL structures before the rule changes and all of a sudden years of structures need to also accommodate new fatigue factors, etc. It's not as simple as this team meets a mark, in my opinion. And I and I would agree with that. Um I would, I would agree with but like I am a if you if you want me to to give a like a, a yay or nay kind of assessment for the, the, the whole Vlandy's ball that came in since the, the COVID shutdown, I'm gonna say a warm to lukewarm yay. Um, I think that the rules are by themselves probably aren't as bad as they as they appeared, especially with the blowouts earlier in the season. However, I don't think the finals redeemed them either. I think the finals had uh, less to do with the teams being great and close and whatever, and more to do with the referees' adjudication of yeah. the games particularly in, in terms of um when they when they gave repeat sets the fact they gave them far less and uh and also the the use of penalties as well and i think that the main the main determining factor in the rules as we saw through the season we had blowouts early then all of a sudden the referees were told hey you've got to crack down on head high tackles so then we had like starting in magic round it went for like two three weeks where there was just this fucking sin bin again and and send off again where guys were getting, you know, love taps were getting 10 in the bin. Yeah, that's it. Proper head highs were getting sent off for the match. And then fast forward to the end of the year where, you know, like even the grand final, when you're getting some headshots in that game that were debatable whether they even became penalties. They would have been send-offs. Whereas yeah. they were in, yeah, where they were instant send-offs, you Fine. know, 10, 10 weeks earlier. Yeah. Um, and so I think so, so, so when you look at the rules, like I think that, 
like I'm borderline on the rules themselves. You know what, like, like Luke, 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 warmo rule, but I think it's the referees' <clears throat> application of things yeah. that is the main determining factor on how successful or unsuccessful they are. Yep. Um, because having, because remember, they halved the referees, and you're halving the number of referees, and then you're also amping up the pace of the game as well. So ultimately, what yeah. that means is you make the referees worse at their job because you had a ref, you know, you had one ref in the ruck. And the other one back set in the ten meter, the ten meters in defence. But now one guy does both of those, and he doesn't do either of them very well. And you had like head high tackles that the ref couldn't see because you know there's he's focusing on all these other things. And then you get teams like Penrith who who did very well at like cheating the the ten meters in defence because the referees concentrating on so much fucking stuff. They can they can basically pull you know they you can see what the referee's focusing on and what he's concentrating on and take advantage in the areas he's not. Um, so. I think it's more the the you've got the, the the administration of the rules overall in terms of like the edicts that that were you know like okay we're penalising head high tackles more and blah 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 coming from the top but then you've got the application of those rules in a in game situation and then you go down to you know the coaching adapting to the new style and then the you know the quality of player or the fitness of the players or the suitability of players to that new style so yeah. I think given a given a full complete off season without any internationals or anything at the end of the season. I think you're going to see teams probably line up better at the start of the season next year and more adapted uh, after the, especially with the coaches well, who aren't good coaches like yeah. like Trent Barrett, for example, is not a fucking good coach and the, and the Bulldogs, while they had high completion, a high completion rate and ball security, they're fucking terrible still and came last by, you know, and not by a, a small margin. So, mm. So maybe Trent Barrett, given, you know, the expertise of Phil Gould and three months to fucking strategize around what to do, you know, I, I think that the level of the teams that weren't up to the pace this year, I think that they'll increase their level, their base level, which will reduce blowouts. But... um but you know, but at the same time, I am loath to reward wholesale changes to the rules that were done without consultation or any of that shit. Like that reactionary shit too is is fucked as well. The reactionary and the reasons behind bad. it. I I think we just need to understand or or appreciate what they want their end result to be. There's a lot of shit that in my head could be improved. Things like I think if you get a six a six again call, yep, should be reserved for the last three tackles in a set. Or for the last four tackles in a set. And for the first two, there's no six again. It's just straight out penalties. Yeah, okay. Which, which stops, which stops the whole, um, well, okay. Sacrifice which, one tackle that's to pin it. the team down a bit. Yeah, and set, you know, yeah, yeah. I can uh, dig it. But, but then again, we, we've just got to understand where do they want the advantage to lie? I well, this is the thing. Like, what can you say? Can you actually say what, what, what was the actual goal? Of the NRL or Channel Nine, who probably was that less? This it was rule. less downtime. It was to have less downtime in the game and less stoppages. So more, but yeah, more. Okay, more time with the ball in play. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So, um, you know, do you do you take a leaf from other sports and have injury time at the end? Yeah, uh, because yeah, because if that's if that was the goal, I don't think they achieved it. Because think of the amount, think of the you know the bunk. You know they also introduced a lot more um, influence from the bunker, and then the bunker would stop the game in order to, yeah, to no, put a guy in report from fucking five tackles earlier. And but the things clock like stops that. then. The clock stops. 
Mm. Yeah, but I mean, they're increasing the length of time. They're increasing the length of time of those stoppages, though. You know what I mean? No, so it's not the stoppages that are the problem. There's a thing. It's not the stoppages themselves. It's that the fact that the clock was running during stoppages. Mm. Whereas anything, I know, but yeah, I don't. I don't think they. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they wanted halts in play. Not time wise. I'm talking like actual halts Mm. in action. Um, but you know, I'm not so against advantages for the defensive team. So if. If you can give away a, a tackle to, to set your defensive line, fair enough. Uh, I agree with everything you've said there, Nathan, and the biggest determining factor is how the rules were uh, enforced mm-hmm. and interpreted. Yeah. And the underutilization of the bunker. Yeah. I'd actually like to see them go back to two referees and see how two referees adjudicating on that rule set would go. I yes. mean, you'd have you'd, you'd presumably get less fatigued referees, and so just like players make poor decisions under fatigue, so do referees. Mm. Also, I'd... referees that have to have their focus in too many areas at the mm-hmm. one time, and certainly conflicting areas as well. I mean, you can't really be focusing on like the ten as much as you know if you if you're focusing if you on the ruck. The ruck the... Yeah, but see, yeah, this is know? the thing. Why why do we do things like give the sideline to the ref because the sideline's a fucking job all on its own? Yeah. But we've got one ref, and sometimes a touchy, to be fair. You know, police in the 10 metres. Why not give the fucking 10 metres to the cunts up in the sky looking with a bird's eye view on if people are or are not on site? Mm. Every play, they've got a fucking radio down in the cunts here. Yep. Mate, give it to paraffins. Give it to paraffins. They are fucking adamant. They know when people are on site. Every single fucking tackle. <laughs> or, more importantly... When the other team's offside, because it's every fucking tackle, they'd sort That's the fucking game out. Para fans, cunts, a lot of them. Where did the, where where the para where that come from? All of a sudden, oh, I just spent a lot of lot of time as a young fella watching fucking games at Parramatta Stadium or Campbelltown Stadium against Parramatta and uh, para fans, cunts. Get them on hey, side, I'm- ref. That's where that fucking term, the derogatory term, get them on side and fucking the the meanness of it originated at Parramatta Stadium. Hey, so that is... I, I, oh, okay. I, I, know, I know you guys, uh, I know you follow uh, the NFL, uh, Glenny. Mm-hmm. Did you happen to watch the game the other day on, uh, what day is it, on Tuesday, the Monday Night Football game between the Indianapolis Colts and the Baltimore Ravens? I saw was, I saw the Lamar Jackson highlights. I didn't actually watch a game. Did you see the Lamar Jackson highlight where he uh, he ran and uh, and tried to, to tried to score a touchdown himself? Got tackled around the the one yard or two yard line, fumbled it. A guy scooped it up, and defender scooped it up. He got to about the twenty, and he, as he starts to get tackled around the legs, he fucking does a picture perfect offload to another player who who sets off down the field. And uh, and for a touchdown, then they look at it on the replay, and they first obviously you have to look and see about Lamar Jackson's knee and if it was on the ground and if it actually was a fumble or if he was down. Um, mm. And they determined no, it was a fumble. And the uh, the guy that received possession that was fine too. And then they get to the offload, and they go and they run it through the slow motion, and they're adjudicating on it being a forward pass <laughs> on the action replay. The irony. And 
let me tell you. Well, the the first thing it was refreshing. You go, hey, fuck, they're adjudicating on forward passes. But then you realised how little they adjudicate on forward passes because this was a fucking textbook rugby league. Hands go backwards. Yeah, yeah. And the guys were falling forward, and the momentum goes through, and the guy caught it pretty much in line, with him, maybe slightly in front of him. But you could, I mean, it was the perfect argumentative rugby league thing. Like clearly, he was threw it backwards, and the whole you know physics of it all carried it forward. And they're like going, they just basically like, like a fucking uh, like a, a Fox News fan just drawing a line and go nut forward. <laughs> So, uh, wow. so, so, so the you know the ball, you know the ball is a it's a penalty for throwing the forward pass, and the ball, you know, they've got possession, but they take the ball from you know the whatever line, and um, <laughs> I thought, wow, first I was excited because like holy fuck, the big the big leagues are going to adjudicate on forward passes, and here we fucking go, like maybe nah. this will give Vlandy's an idea. No, <laughs> not even close. No, nah. um, Ryan said in twenty twenty three, will the Dolphins treat the trophy better than Penrith did? Well, I mean, well, they, yeah, they're not going to get to hold the trophy. Tell that you what, long, they, they? Yeah, they, they won't drop it as many times as Penrith did. I guarantee you that. <laughs> um, now, what else do we have here? Michael said, uh, given asterisk and asterisk par deux, what do you think the chances are for a Roosters three-peat in 2022? And can the Raiders bounce back from runners-up? <laughs> I do not think the Raiders can... They, they can't bounce from anywhere. No. Unfortunately. Look, I think it's, I think the Roosters are looking, for, looking at a pretty good season next year. I mean, given what they did with what they had this year, I mean, there's no reason for them not to be uh, very confident oh. about their about their uh, prospects next season. So, hang on. they got no mozzies. Well, they, they didn't don't... fucking have the mozzies all season either. This is the thing. No, I Every know, play... but, but they don't get them back, though. That's what I'm saying. They don't get the mozzies back. They don't get Cordner back. They don't get Friend back. Who do they get? But that's okay, like because because they they did fine when Verrills was there. So I feel like the I feel like the year of I think they can close the door on the year of um Friend of Friend. That's yep. it. They're gonna uh, get they're gonna get Kiri back. Walker and Hutchinson both proved to be excellent players. Teddy's you know Teddy's Teddy. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I, I think they I think they. But essentially, all all that's changed there from what they had is is Kiri. And and Verrill's being around. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not markedly different. I dare, I dare, I dare say that they'll have a have a, a better season next year. Yeah, Kiri's a stiff breeze away from a career-ending HIA. He's fucking cooked. <laughs> well, you know they used to say that about Pappy, didn't they? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, look how well Kurt. this season turned out. Didn't didn't get invited to the fucking after party. Everyone fucking hates him. Poor Kurt. Kurt, a tough question, but how can Victorian Rugby League implement better junior pathway systems with the AFL draft system heavily favouring Victorian junior prospects from elite public schools or private schools? 70% of draftees come from private education. This is leaving a lot of disadvantaged athletes from lower socioeconomic suburbs of Melbourne and rural Victoria in the dark. How can the Storm or NRL take advantage of this? Curious to know your thoughts. I think it sounds like a fucking golden opportunity for the NRL and the Melbourne Storm. I'll tell you what, first thing they should do is just make sure to vaccinate all of the kids (laughs) to play rugby league because... (laughs) 
Free potato cakes for everyone. In in Melbourne, there are so many teachers who want to do, you know, period one on mathematics, period two on English, and period three just cough smallpox all over the little cunts. They think that should be their right as a teacher and they're fighting for it legally. So if they just vaccinate the kids, then all the others who aren't vaccinated will die off. Good fucking riddance to them. Uh, and then all that will be left are rugby league players. So that within 20 years, uh, that will be the only sport in, in Melbourne and it will essentially be uh, the, the deconstruction of the AFL. And what will they sell when when rugby league takes over? What will they sell at the uh, at the food stalls at the rugby league? Well, um, what what it's don't what let it me is... down, you can. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so there's there's a potato cake, which is now if I if I say this to you, right? What what's a chocolate cake? a cake with chocolate made what's what's a cheesecake it's it's a cake made out of cheese what do you think a potato cake is it's not a fucking cake made out of potatoes it's just a potato and it's deep fried do we're crazy down here you are we a fucking fruit cake we, we don't need to make sense now, now Kurt I'd uh... Honestly, it sounds like if, if what you're saying is accurate, those those figures are, are you know, massive in favour of. It, it's much like yeah, uh, you know, like like union going to you know like private schools going to union and and you know, public schools being like league schools. But it, to me, it sounds like there's a, a fucking ton of uh, of young athletes down there that are just ripe for the picking for the Melbourne Storm. Um, how they take advantage of it. I don't know, but I mean, whatever the NRL are investing down there, they should fucking uh, crank it up because those, if those figures are correct, that's uh, they're leaving a lot of potential uh, players, Storm players at the very least. Considering there's like, yeah, you know, not that, despite all the time the Storm being down, there's not that many guys that have come through no. their system from Victoria. It's because they've 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 had the level of success that they've had based on the model of affiliating themselves with Q Cup teams and you know, yeah. and fostering players through that system. Yeah. The answer's generational, really. They yeah. and and it probably should have started well before now, but if you look say, at, they've got they've had a generation, you yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And and I think if you look at the the AFL and what they do with schools even in Queen, here in Queensland, you know, it's it's fucking jammed down kids necks in you know, in Junior in in junior school, so hmm. um, I think the the NRL there is an opportunity there for sure, and I think they need to be pretty shrewd and invest um, significantly and wisely, um, and and let it play out. But it needs to be a fairly fairly strong and consistent message over over a long time to to make the inroads that it can. Um, but it, it can be done because you you only have to look at what the AFL's done. In um, in Brisbane and Sydney in particular, to to make inroads. Yeah, what's rugby league doing at schools? Um, Up here, a grand total. Like nothing. Like like nothing in my schools. A, a grand total of fucking Fuck nothing. Mm. Yeah. Now uh, they they sit there and wait. It, just let it happen. Just let it, it come to them. It is it it is fucking arrogance, mm. and it is terrible. Yeah. 
the, the interesting thing about everything we're saying here, we're talking about how oh, the, the draft is this and it's private schools and, and yada, yada, yada. Let's be real. If there's a kid from a disadvantaged background and they're good enough, they'll get a scholarship and a free ride to a private school. Yeah. You know, so, so I don't think just all of these draftees coming from private schools says that none of those kids come from disadvantaged backgrounds because the scouts are out there. Yeah. The thing is, in Victoria, all of the kids, no matter their background, want to play AFL. Yes. It's not like the kids are there playing AFL on the weekend going, fuck, if only there was another option for me because mm. of my fucking family's poor choices with money, this doesn't have a future for me. <laughs> they, they want to be the next fucking, you know. Um, Speaking of ignorance, <laughs> name fucking, one player. <laughs> fucking jumpy, jumpy McProtest or whoever the <laughs> AFL star is. Um, but what they need to do is show kids that there is a pathway and there is a future for them in rugby league. And the way AFL do it up here is fucking phenomenal. So their Oz kick program, have you yeah. taken a deep dive into how mm. that works? Yeah, Killer's Kill done it a couple of years. Okay, so he is now a registered AFL participant mm-hmm. along with every other kid in his school that, that did Oz kick. Yeah, yeah and they mind. probably get like across, I mean, it's a small school, probably across the six grades, his primary school probably only had, you know, let's say 250, Perfect. you know, 300, 300 kids. I reckon they would have 40 of them. Doing the Oz kick when they when they roll Perfect. around. Perfect. Yeah. So it's a yep. fucking decent chunk of them. Hundred yeah. percent. But you know, look across the state. Yep. Yeah. So you didn't pay anything for that, did you? Don't think so. No. No. So it's free of charge. But he is a registered participant. Yeah. And then when they go to people like state governments or local councils or whoever it is and say, "Look, we have a hundred thousand registered participants in your electorate." Yeah. Yeah. Why don't we build a new fucking AFL field? Or why don't you help this club? Or why Fun don't you give all, yeah. us this grant to do that? Mm. Yep. Um, Rugby League does nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's a shit fight. Junior yeah. Rugby League is a fucking international cunt circus like no other sport in this country. Mm. And, and if you add- look at the state of... Sorry to cut you off, mate. No, go for it. If you look at the state of, of rugby... In this country, it's it's poorly followed, um, but every kid gets a fucking a visit from the Reds here in Queensland. All, all the schools, so many schools get you know re- they all come home with a fucking hat and a footy and, oh, sorry, and all the rest. Not, of it. not all of us send our kids to elite country private schools, Glenn. <laughs> Check your privilege. <laughs> I've checked it. It, I left it in ads. Um, <laughs> and they get all this gear, but then there, there's no legitimate real pathway. And most kids, because they get the, the Reds footy or or the hat or whatever, and they might seem when they come around to their school again, but it, there's no real traction there. Whereas the NRL is, is by far the most popular and, and well followed sport and they're not yep. even doing what the Reds are doing. Yeah, you that's know? It. It's crazy. But but you know, the the difference is, you know, you compare the first days, right? So um so my boys just started uh, competitive basketball and you turn up on the day you put into your teams. This is the first day we turned up 
to, to meet the team. Right? You get to the stadium, you get there, and then they would have had 10 teams sitting there waiting. And they went and got, I want to say they were probably from between under-14s to under-16s rep players and got a bunch of them and said, great, you're the coach of that team, you're the coach of that team, you're the coach of that team. And they'll be there every fucking weekend to coach the kids. Mm. You compare that to rugby league, where you turn up on the first day, you've paid quadruple the price to get your kid in, and then they divvy you up into your teams, and someone from the club that obviously thinks they're very fucking important comes over and says, uh, rightio, one of the parents will need to be the coach, one of the parents will need to be the manager, one of the parents will need to be the first aid officer. See ya. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a fucking Lived shit it. fight. Yeah, Lived it. Like, exactly. <laughs> you know? Um, rugby league with participation with kids relies on the passion and the want of the parents to do it. Yeah. Which and doesn't exist in Melbourne. Well, it, it doesn't, Zero, but it also... Yeah. But it exists less and less in the modern day when, you know, most families have both parents working. Yeah. Very often shift work. Yeah. You know, it's... it's Let's not understate the impact of all the other... Well, plenty of other parents on the team who think their kid's a superstar and their parents are cunts because the kid sits on the bench for a little three minutes longer than what the parent thinks they should have. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So the next season, the parent who decided they were going to be the coach or the manager or the first aid officer says, exactly. fuck, yeah, fuck no, thanks. that. It's, yeah. I've, I've harped on long and wide about the, the junior pathways. What rugby league should be doing every time there's a game in Melbourne, every time the team should be compensated for it, either before or after, they should be out there running clinics in the community. Like Manly did it up here when they used to come up and play Brisbane. Yep. They'd put on clinics. Um, it was actually just near the entertainment centre at Boondle. The Tigers or- did it in Redcliffe and promptly a lot of kids gave up rugby league. <laughs> <laughs> Miraculously, they fucking lost their why. <laughs> you know, and and here, here's the benefit for that. Like, you know, you paid 20 bucks for the, the afternoon for your kids to do drills and skills with with manly players. Um, and then, two weeks later, they get a parcel in the post with a fucking a hat and a kid-sized footy that says, you're now a junior member. Here's a sticker. So. Yep. Good guy, Seagulls. Um, James, thanks for the reminder. So he said, is the iTunes review slash Manscaped competition still a thing? If so, when do we find out who won? I'm starting to look and smell like the final days of Pablo Escobar can you help a brother out? I can help you out by going to manscaped.com and save 20% in free shipping with code uh, TwillNation at checkout. However... Don't be a cheap cunt. As, 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 we, as we said, though, next... Uh, yeah, so we've got the Twillies next Wednesday. Winner will be announced then. Yes. Along with along with the voter for the Twillies, who uh, who is winning a 2022 membership as well. So all will be taken care of in the final episode on uh, next Wednesday. Um, now... Jason finally said, what movie or movies which are regarded as the best of all time that uh, you haven't seen? Glennie, you can sit this one out. <laughs> Jason, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to send this one back to you, mate, and uh, I think you need to at least provide us with a list of 10 or something like that because, I mean, what what is this regarded as the best movies of all time list that we're working from? Uh, I mean, okay, so for example... I haven't, I haven't seen... I haven't seen 
Human Centipede 2 or 3. I have seen the first one, though. I've never seen Titanic. Right. Yeah, is that really like one of the best movies ever? No, it's one of the no, most highest not. grossing sort of things. But well, that's it. Like it was a popular movie, and by the fact that it grossed so much money, yeah, you would assume lots of people have seen that. Yeah, I've seen it. You're not missing anything. Don't rush out, mate. I've seen. Was it MythBusters that did the fucking thing where like they checked how they both should have fit on the door at the end? Yeah. Or was Look, that just an I, internet video? Can I can I tell you you didn't you didn't have to take. A fucking uh, a pocket square into the theatre <laughs> to look at that door on fucking screen and go, there's plenty of room, you fucking hog. <laughs> Shove over and let fucking Gilbert Grape on there, you bitch. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was blatantly apparent that uh, that that selfish bitch was that the was that the director's cut where she's on the door and he floats by on Mama. so yeah i think you're going to need to give us a throw throw some names at us the the ones that you regard as the best movies of all time that have not been seen or or find a list with some sort of consensus opinion if you like i mean i would like to think that i've made an effort to go out and uh, you know seek out movies that are, are well reviewed but um and yeah, certainly older movies as well. You know, if if they're ones that are from before my time, but uh, look, you know, you never know. There may there may be a gap in there for sure. Like I know for I know that certainly over recent years, I haven't seen as many. Or I, I used to make a point to sort of go and see all the Oscar contenders and everything every year, so I could sort of formulate an opinion on what I thought was the best one. But that fucking felt, you know, kids came along and that fell by the wayside. And the days the days of buying fucking season passes to the Brisbane International Film Festival and watching twenty movies in a fucking two weeks. Hmm. Those days are fucking long yeah. <laughs> long gone. Well, especially these on. days when fucking Oscar films are essentially someone videotaping an interpretive dance performance. <laughs> well yeah. But yeah, no. Yeah. So let us know and uh we'll let you know. And uh on that note Full-time fellas for episode 440. Thanks for listening. As always, you can find links to our various social media communities, Patreon and more. Head to thisweekinleague.com forward slash links. And as of today, if you head to thisweekinleague.com forward slash links, the top link on there will be to voting in the 2021 Twilly Awards. So as always, there are season-ending awards and uh, the most prestigious awards in the history of Rugby League. So get in there, vote, and if you go through to the end and fill in uh, the entire thing and drop some details at the end for us, you'll go into the running for a 2022 Twill Nation membership, all of your own, for free. So voting will run through until the uh, afternoon of Wednesday, the 20th of October, at which point it will close and the results will be revealed next Wednesday's episode. Tell you what. Um, a, yep. a late, late runner for fucking NRL chaos. It's fucking this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, unfortunately, I've learned. Look, yeah, I've made mistakes in my life. But I'll tell you what, one thing I've learned from this show is when creating the ballot for the Twillies, remove the other field from every answer because the fucking horse shit that yeah. had to be parsed out that I people put. That. Oh, fucking year after year of fucking Scott Minto for every single positional category and fu- oh my fucking God. The, the worst part, like 
you'd take it if if there wasn't this fucking knowledge that it was a fact that that person sat there in their fucking lounge room and typed that into every category thinking that not only were they hilarious but that we would be there fucking ready going oh put scott minnow for prop yeah how hilarious it's funny because he's not a prop unlucky matthew mccarthy that's not the case (laughs) oh yeah i know it was you i knew it was you fredo you. Speaking of that, kind of, I, I forgot he bet me a hundred bucks that Penrith wouldn't win the grand final this year. Wouldn't? No. Oh, on your bets at Cash. the grand final last year. Oh, that they, they, they wouldn't win this year. Yeah. Well, you just won yourself a hundo. So, I hope you got it on video though. The way yeah. these bets are bets are hey. notified, notarized. Um, <laughs> Look, there's Gro- another... Grover does doesn't Grover have some bet to honour as well? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> no. Oh, so I have to delete that out, do I? Yes. Oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> honour your bet, Grover. Honour your bet. And on that note, that's it, fellas. Um, oh, no, actually, no, sorry, i got one more thing. Uh, a couple of new Patreon uh, uh, members this week, some wonderful patrons, and uh, just would like to uh, welcome Poiter, Ashley, MacGyver, okay, Lachlan, and and <laughs> I, we know who you are from your email address, but I just have to call attention to your name, that you, your username you've given yourself in Patreon. Welcome. Billy Gay Anus. <laughs> uh, yeah, we appreciate you, Billy Gay, and uh, and all our other wonderful patrons. And uh, on that note, that's it for this week, folks. See you for the Twillies on Wednesday. Later. See ya. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.